okay with Susan Lynch, A Woman's Face is a short film played at the Female Filmmakers Film Festival. It is a film about a woman, basically her husband just had uh, just committed suicide and, and the after effects of that, a film about loss and grief. Not for the faint of hearts, a pretty intense film. Susan, I'm just curious, what what was your motivation for making this this pretty <laughs> pretty heartbreaking film? Yeah, it was it was a mixture of things really. Um I I lost my mum a couple of years ago. She passed away and um I went through kind of incredible sorry, that's my my little boy printing his homework. I'm so sorry I didn't realise he was gonna do that, but no problem. if you can hear I can't hear, no problem. Um yeah, so the, I wanted to do something about grief. It sort of started off, I've got to be honest, as a film more about mental health. Mm-hmm. And then as the as when we finished shooting the film, I sort of changed the like journey of the film a little bit. Um so I wanted it to be about grief and mental health basically and how it takes its toll on someone. Um, and I really wanted it to be about love and the memory of love. And I, th- I suppose my own personal conclusion that I came to going through grief about my mum was that in some ways she's always with me. So yeah. the, the denouement of the film is basically trying to say that, that somehow she has a glimmer of hope in the fact that you know, obviously he's not really there. It's her seeing him there, but that there is a sense that love lives within us. Um, And I also wanted to do it about the people that really support people when they go through anything uh, like grief or mental health or, you know, the people that are around you, your family, your sisters. So that's why we've got that um quite poignant scene on the bench between the two sisters. And they are really sisters in real life. Um, oh, really? they're both yeah they're both very very close um laura who played the protagonist also really wanted to do a short where she got to have a really big emotional journey i run a community drama group in stroud i'm by by um, trade i'm a professional actor uh, but i run a community drama group for semi professional and totally amateur actors as well and Laura is also part of the group. Myself, Laura, and her sister Vic, who was on the bench with her, uh, we sort of formed this group. And I direct the group. And we've been doing it now for about nine years. So Laura is a sort of, as an actress, is a product of starting with the group, really. Um, so I did want to do, to write something for her, particularly. So that's sort of how it all came about. It was really the death of my mum. Also, um, I went through a divorce or, well, I'm actually still going, I'm going through a separation. And so it was about that, really. I was just sort of trying to marry all of those things. And also that I was very passionate about Laura, who's an actress in my community group and wanted to showcase her. So it was those three elements, really, that um, propelled it. it, You were talking about grief and about about mental health but basically it's really about just the the moment right after something traumatic occurs right so it's not like yeah. a, so it's it's more about like what happens when the when the the emotions are the highest 
I guess, right? Like it's like, or when you're in shock or whenever, whenever they just when something occurs, it's not like a long story. It's it's like, even the way you shoot the film, it's like, it's like a tracking shot of her journey. Right. So it's like, it's, yeah. just, it's an interesting kind of take on, on grief. Cause it's like, it's, it's the seconds after what happens. Right. Yeah. And it's also, you know, the thing is, is that um, we put all the stuff about his body being found in the canal. Obviously that was all, after you know that that was in uh the the edit so and a lot of the the narrative that you hear in the film was in the edit as well so actually a lot of the storytelling i actually did in the editing room i I realized what i needed and then i would go and say right we've got to do a voiceover on this particular memory um but i i suppose you know it was it was a very specific thing to pitch because you know, she knows he's probably dead, um, but his body hasn't been found. So it's sort of this journey of the absolute closure of uh, his death, yeah. you know, because his body was fine. So, so um, yeah, that was, that was, but I know what you mean. It's sort of very, very much, she's reliving the trauma and she's also probably doing a very similar journey that he did the day he died, you know, yeah. because he, he dies by the canal. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was interesting because I've done one other short called the bookshop and I actually shot that short 100% as I wrote it. Like every single detail of what I wrote was on the day I filmed and that didn't happen. It happened the other way around with the woman's face. It very much, it all really came together um, in the post-production, you know, the, the real narrative and the closure of it and all the memories about love and the memories with her husband, that all, that was an idea that I had after I saw what we shot. So it's just interesting how these things work. You know, it's a, a kind of bizarre alchemy. You just sort of creatively, you've got to go with what you've got and the picture that you've got. Um but, you know, I was very, very stringent on my first short, which was funded. So we had a lot more money. This this short cost 200 quid. Yeah. Well, so, it, it, well you used, uh, it, it's a good segue to the location because it's most, obviously the film is outside and it's in a real kind of like area where kind of things are just building and it's a really kind of cool environment uh that that where, where where was the shot where was the outside scene shot so so uh where we live is a place called stroud in gloucestershire it's actually incredibly beautiful uh but we wanted to have a very sort of urban-esque kind of feel even though it's countryside so yeah. we shot the location of the house is actually laura ashcroft's house who plays the protagonist um yeah. that was her real house the two children in it are her nephews um, and that canal walk we have done many times, you know, it's, it's a local walk um, and, you know, the shot of the building, the dilapidated building just happened in the moment, really. I saw yeah. it and went, oh, that looks amazing and her life is crumbling. Yeah. yeah so it was a perfect so metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I was so, I've got to say thank you so much to your festival um, because, you know, it's a very odd thing when you put shorts in for festivals because 
it's so random. You know, there's a lot of festivals you don't get into, you know, that you don't get nominated for or you don't, you know, well, you don't, you're not even a contender. Yeah. So I felt so proud that we got Best Cinematography at this festival. And also so proud of my DOP, who was such a legend. You know, he came and did it. We did it in one day on a rainy Sunday. And he was so patient and so collaborative. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful to the festival for for um for yeah for just you know um celebrating it with us. Well, it's a good the it, it, uh, the 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 like it's a lot of like I'm assuming he was on handheld when he was doing all the tracking shots. Yeah, he was he was on a kind of um it, it wasn't totally handheld. He was on a little he had gotcha. a yeah a little device. I don't know what it's called. Sorry, no, I, I'm I, yeah. with technical stuff. Um. Yeah. But he, uh, it wasn't you know, a full it wasn't actual handheld, like dogma handheld, but it was more or less. Yes. It was, it was done on a, a device that would make it less shaky. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it was, it was really kind of right. We're going on a walk. Let's do it. You know, we just sort of went with the, with the, um, Obviously, I you know it was written, and we we knew the beats of the of the scenes, um, but a lot of it was just capturing what was happening in the moment. And uh, Laura starting off the journey, you know, in the right emotional place, which she did. Well, yeah, and then also like the, the you mentioned before the scene with the sister. It's like one shot too, right? Like it's really yeah. You just kind of like you're you're making the actors tell the story. Even like even the tracking shots, like it's a there. It's uh, he did an amazing job because it's not an easy shot, right? But it's like you're, no. but it's like you're just letting the actors tell the story with these like how many? There's like maybe five or six shots in the entire film. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the two sisters, you know, they um, uh, I hadn't written uh that little sequence where where she says, "Do you remember when we were kids?" I said, I just want you to to think of a of a memory that you and Laura share. So Vic just like said that in the moment, you know, that was that was something they genuinely used to do, you know, touch the wall. And uh, so so there were such there is such a kind of brilliant thing about I mean, look, you know, actors are amazing and they can do anything. I I think, you know, I'm a real I I. I, I hugely admire John Cassavetes and, you know, he was so passionate about actors because he was one, you know, um, and I, I sort of think that you can throw anything at an actor and they will, they will juggle it. They will embellish it and they will make it even better, you know? Um, yeah. It depends but on the actor. Is, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's that, it's that odd. It's like when you have two people who really have, like a real intimate relationship with each other, like these two sisters do, it makes it very easy in a way. I mean, to be honest, when we shot that two shots, the light was going. We got three goes at it because we'd been shooting all day. And that was like one of the last things that we did. And, you know, that's difficult because, you know, you want to, in the edit, you want six different versions of that scene. But, you know, unfortunately, because of time, we had to just um, shoot it very, very quickly. But they were they were so brilliant. And because they're sisters, they they just have a very natural understanding of 
each other in terms of um you know working together and stuff because they've done plays in the group together as well well because you let them improvise and they 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 channeled their childhood right in the improvisation so yeah yeah which was really lovely and um, that was the only bit that was improvised the the memory uh, narrative that's in voiceover all of that was scripted um and yeah i mean you know it's really interesting when you're making little films because you always come away and go oh my god i wish i could have why didn't i do this why didn't i write that why why didn't i you know you can be so hard on yourself even after the f film is finished and sure. you know you're genuinely kind of pretty happy with it you can still always see where you could have done better but um yeah no i mean you know we made it very fast like i said on 200 pounds um and it did make me think god you know what imagine if you had 10 days what you could do you know well it's a, it's like, a, it's you know it's a double edged sword it's maybe you got to get so well because you you had that limited budget and yeah. you had that limited time right so sometimes yeah. too much time you overthink yeah. it and yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely so yeah no that's true i think i think that's also part of the alchemy of filmmaking you know that you just you do have to go with whatever's mm -hmm. happening and uh you know be uh you need certain disciplines where you need to have a kind of structure in place but there is also something about going right yeah like you say you know this is this is where we are. We've only got this amount of time. We're only going to get three goes at this thing. You know, um, something else happens that's as interesting, probably. You know. Yeah, exactly. So you were, so you, uh, so you met. You said you you referenced that you met Laura, like, and you guys do a drama group in your community. Yeah, me, Laura, and Vic, who played the other sister, we formed a drama group about nine years ago called Rats. Um were at the moment doing a production of The Last Days of Judas Iscariot. Do you know that play? No, I don't. Maybe I should. I should. Stephen Adley Burgess. It's a fantastic play. It's American. Um, so, yeah, so we're, we're doing that at the minute. Yeah, so, I mean, it takes quite a long time because lots of people work and I go off and work and, you know, you're just juggling around dates. But we try and meet once a week uh, on a Wednesday evening. So, yeah. And then you guys just just the three, just the three of you. Oh no! With the, in this cast, we've got fourteen. About five years ago, I did a Midsummer Night's Dream, and that was a cast of twenty six, mm -hmm. including children. Um. So yeah, every production's different. Gotcha. And so you, and this is you. You said you said this was your this is your second short film. Yes. Yeah. And so you were you like you said you're you've been you're like an act you're you're actor by trade and then so yeah what kind of motivated you to start like get behind the camera and, and direct? I've always written stories. I've always written poetry, songs. I've I, I've always written, uh, but I've never, I've never really written anything dramatic. So um, yeah, I. My first short, I collaborated with uh, a singer um, called Tim Burgess, 
Um, Tim was the front man for a very famous band here called the Charlatans. Um, and me and Tim just creatively always clicked. So we sort of collaborated. We talked a lot about music. He said he would like to act. And I don't know how it actually happened, but we ended up just sort of collaborating, talking about ideas, talking about different genres of music. And then I wrote the bookshop for him to star in. And yeah, we shot it. We were lucky enough to get funding from a company in London called Studio Pow. Um, so it had a really good budget and, you know, it was a really inspiring experience, I have to say. I had amazing actors, uh, amazing cinematographer. Um, and we picked up quite a few awards at Florence Film Festival. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it, it was it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. And it did make me think, oh, I would really like to do this more. But the thing that I, I'm really enjoying about it is that it feels like a hobby. Like, it feels like a kind of passion, you know. Um, not that acting doesn't feel like my passion. And it does, but in a different way. But I I suppose I, I wouldn't want to direct for a living, is what I'm saying. I'm not awesome. interested. Yeah, I'm not interested in directing someone's six-part series. That that's not really my bag. I, I really like directing and writing my own stories. Um I get real pleasure out of that. That means uh, a lot of yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really know what I'll do next or um, I mean, I've written a feature film that I really love, but I don't know if I want to direct it necessarily. Um, so, yeah, so I'll see where it all takes me. I just I like being creative. I, I like, you know, I don't always feel like I've got to be the director. I don't always feel like I've got to be an actress. I, I feel like. I'm just quite a creative person and I like sort of playing with the different ideas of creativity and not pin it down too much or, yeah, so that that's kind of, does that make sense? Sorry, that's yeah. very long-winded. No, no, I it, don't really know it, what it, I was saying. You were talking about changing the narrative in post-production because that you, as an actor, you're kind of like, you, 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 you're on production, you're on the day and then, and then you move on and then hopefully you'll see the movie in six months, a year, whenever. And or obviously, if it's a theater show, it's a lot different. But I'm talking about from a film con con standpoint. So you're 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 a director, and you get to see the footage, and you're changing the narrative. How is how is the post production experience uh, for you? Like from the two films that you've made, like do you do you enjoy that experience? Love it. Yeah. I'm really lucky because you know, I, in post, I've had amazing uh, access to like Gareth Fry. He's like a Tony award-winning sound designer you know um i worked with him in a company i'm on an i i'm on a podcast sorry this is my little boy <laughs> on the cat. my little boy on the cat what my darling what the on the stars sorry it's his homework how old, how old um, is your son he's 12 okay. he's he's a bit of a filmmaker himself actually so he's not so little. Um, he's a he's a not so little boy, I guess. No. Yeah, he he's um, yeah, he's not so. He's actually really tall. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, he he's he he loves horror films. I'm just gonna close the door. I'll just get the cat out, maybe. Sorry, this is all very in my ear. Yeah. He's going to close the door. Sorry, look at this oh, cat. And she has a cat. This is Betty. It's an interesting thing about these podcasts that I do that a lot of people have, a lot of filmmakers have cats. Probably like maybe 40, 50% of podcasts I see, I see people with cats. All right. How'd it go? <laughs> Fine. Um, what you were asking the sound me? design. Yeah, because the sound design was yes. fantastic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the post for both films was very, very different. Um I had the same sound designer, Gareth Fry. Um, I had the same. So I had a local person who edited A Woman's Face. And then I went back to my cinematographer slash editor of the bookshop to oversee the editing. Um, I had the same grader for the for A Woman's Face as I had for the bookshop. And the grader was the only person I paid. Um, everybody else I, I, that's why I was saying I'm, I'm lucky because I've got access to these amazing, talented people who, you know, are like, we just believe in what you're doing. And, you know, no one gets paid, really. Um, so, yeah, but in terms of the creative process of that, the bookshop was very interesting because there's a lot of music in it. Like, there, you know, the, the character is goes into another world when he listens to music. So, um, yeah, the po the post-production was very, very technical, um, but amazing. I mean, when you see things edited together and you see the performances and then, you know, adding the music and, and the cinematography on the bookshop is really quite extraordinary. So it, it yeah, it was complicated the bookshop the post on it but it was um really fulfilling because like i said uh, at the beginning of the podcast when i shot the bookshop i shot it exactly as i saw it and wrote it yeah. so it was it was absolutely 100% a vision that just was totally 100% sustained right through from the filming from the script to the filming to the mm -hmm choice of actors to the you know post um it was all exactly as i dreamed and imagined it in my head which is really something because you know um i don't know i'm such a hard person on myself yeah creatively that i you know for me to say that means i must have been happy of course. So what did you think about uh, our audience? We send the audience to you. What did you think about what they had to say about your film? I was really... Um, the other thing is when you when you do this process is it's not like you become immune to the film, but you become immune to the effect of what it's going to have on somebody watching watching it. Of course, as you're editing it, you're thinking of the audience all the time, but in terms of a personal um feedback from somebody you're not really you know aware of what that's going to be like so I was really I was I was so happy that they got from it what I 
was trying to do. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but sometimes you don't know whether that's going to happen. You yeah, know, you don't course, know yeah. if, if everyone's going to go on that journey with Laura, you know, with Laura's character, Anna. You just, you just don't know. So, and also, you know, like when I first like had the idea and when I was first in the editing room, uh, when I went back to my bookshop editor and showed him some of the edits that we did locally with Matt here, he was like, yeah, I mean, how are you feeling about this journey of her on the road? Like, how much of it are we going to cut? And I was like, I don't really want to cut that much of it. I, I want it to be sometimes that you're going, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen, you know, um, and just on her face. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think emotionally, I hadn't really thought about how it would affect people. So I was really, really, well, pleased is the wrong word because it's not that sort of film. But, you know, I, I just felt people got it, really. They got the complication of, you know, that person's emotional disposition. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's a it's a really great film. It, it's it's so. Uh, and would you ever consider like acting in in a film of yours? Because you obviously you're a very accomplished actor. Would you ever consider that like to to act and direct at the same time? I'm curious. I don't know if I could do it. You know the way some people just can do that. I don't. I don't know if I could. Yeah. I don't know if I could do one hat and then have the other hat. If you know what I mean. Um, and I sort of need to be directed, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm all right at acting, but like, I, I do need, you know, um, I love directors and I love being absolutely open like a child and someone saying, no, do this nuance here. And that was good, but why don't you try it like this? So I don't know if I could do that with myself. I mean, I could to an extent, but I don't know if I'd be any good. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I get, yeah. <laughs> so I got to ask you, um, I, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but the, the, your, your most famous uh, role is, is, was, would be waking uh, Ned Divine, I guess. Right. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I saw that film. I was in my, I, I'm from a small town and they showed that like night in Canada. So like outside Niagara Falls and they showed that film at like a, at a cinema and it was just like, cause usually it was like back, you know, small towns, they just show like the, the Hollywood blockbusters and you know what I mean? Like they don't show kind of like, uh, kind of like, I guess it was a big hit, but it was like some, an English kind of film. Right. <laughs> so I remember yeah. watching it and it was like, it kind of, I was like, so it was like so entertaining. It was, it was such an entertaining uh, film. Do you have like, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but do you have any, like any, any stories to share from that, from working on that film? Did you know that it was going to be the hit that it was going to be? No, I mean, it was hilarious. It was such a small film. And like all those old ladies that were in that film, like we all shared a caravan, like me okay. and, you know, like uh, all these beautiful older actresses who were so eccentric and so funny and just full of life. And we were all there, you know, I was constantly doing up people's um, dresses and like it was, it was really proper, like, here we are, we're all in one caravan, let's get on with it, you know? 
um it it had it definitely had a mischievous spirit that film we shot it in the isle of man so that was dublin for ireland if you know what i mean yeah. and um there was a lot of fun when we did it like a lot of fun um and a really lovely cast and of course jimmy i've worked with many times since um jimmy nesbitt who played pig finn yeah um yeah, no, it was it was a really nice experience. Actually, it was one of my first things on film, so I remember it really, really fondly. And so, but yeah, it's just like it's just like it, it, it stands the test of time. It's like it, it's got the the, the the comedy, of course, but even the thematic. You know what I mean? Like the town being yeah. together for money, and then they realize what what's really worth it in the end. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah, it's, yeah. It it stands. It's like it's a timeless kind of film, right? Like it will always yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, people love that film. I st people still say, you know, to me about that film here, you know, yeah. it's um yeah, it's definitely uh it's definitely up there as one of my favorite jobs. Cuz you work on like hundreds of projects, right? Like you literally worked on hundreds of projects and it's just that and some of them are great in the moment, some of them are really popular in the moment, and then there's some films or TV shows that just will be around forever for like hundreds of yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just random. Yeah. It's totally randomness. And yeah. I got one last question before I leave. I don't want to bother you too much. Yeah. No, how was no working problem. On, how was working on Downtown Abbey? How was that experience? Oh, that was, well, for me, that was surreal because it was like, I mean, the weird thing about being an actor is that sometimes you go onto a set and then you feel a bit like a fan. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because like, you know, to be on the to be around all the Downton Abbey lot, and they're such a lovely bunch of actors as well. They make you feel so included. Um, they were really lovely. But I just was like, you know, my mother-in-law at the time was obsessed with Downton Abbey, so I was just constantly taking pictures of like the big castly thing, and you know, yeah. all the actors, <laughs> me like face bombing, you know, behind um all these amazing actors from Elder Staunton and. Jim Carter and you know so um, a lot of photographs were taken a hundred percent because like for me I was like I can't actually believe that I'm on this film <laughs> it's hilarious um but really really enjoyed it loved working with the director really lovely lovely film lovely people really lovely people the Downton Abbey lot yeah they they're like a family I guess because they've been they've been working yeah. together for so long right yeah, yeah, no, they've all been together so long, and and it, they all have such a shorthand with each other, and um, but there's a really nice feeling, um, and you don't at all feel like you're coming into, you know, a, a family that you're not part of. There's none of that. You're very included, and they were all very welcoming. Yeah. And you yeah. were done uh, breakable. You worked on Kimmy Schmidt too, right? Like he. No, sorry, I apologize. Um, no, don't worry. So yeah, so basically, I was that was the director. Basically, Michael, he basically worked on Kimmy Schmidt and Thirty Rock and like in Downtown Abbey. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, right. sorry. So basically, no. It was just it was just funny that how he like he works this Amer he's American director and then he does like he does like Downtown Abbey as well, right? So yeah, I know. Yeah, hilarious, but yeah, great, great that he's doing lots of um, different things. Well, I, thank you so much for your that time. I just, I just had to ask. No, you thank you. Thanks so for being so um, enthusiastic. Honestly, for us, it's like um, we made this tiny little film. We made it on nothing. 
Um, and it was a real passion project for everybody involved. So we're we're just so happy that it's had such lovely feedback from like you said, it's like it's like you made it for 200 200 pounds, correct? But it's like it's yeah, it's, it's a nicely directed film. You use the outside locations as like as your as your production design, which was fantastic. Obviously, you had two very good actors. Your lead it was especially uh, amazing. And then in the post-production, the sound design was like so professional and perfect. So it's like, look what you can do for 200 pounds. No, I know. I hope it's inspiring to other people that they can um, they can get out there and do it, you know. But, but at the same time, you have that, it's that 10,000 hour rule, right? You've been on film sets so many Somebody you 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 obviously observe you understand how to make a movie from your observation, right? So, yeah. Well, sometimes I mean, there's sometimes <laughs> you you stand there and you go, oh my God, you know, the lights going. How am I going to get out of this if we don't get this? You know, <laughs> it, it's all those. You have all those similar things that yeah. happens to everybody yeah. on every film set, no matter your budget is two million or you know 100%. twenty pounds. You know, yeah. yeah so it's it's um. It's always that you want more time. Always. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate that. Maybe I think your son needs you to help you with his homework, probably. And, oh, uh, I know. I did tell him I was coming on a podcast, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And it's like, in one ear, out the other. Yeah, exactly. And so, anyway, and so yes. let's, let's talk again when you make your next film. And please make, keep making films. I know it's just a hobby. Oh, movies. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Incorporated. We're gonna do it. Give us any chance, we'll.